Welcome, esteemed listener, to the very first episode of the Video Game Hall of Fame for 2024. We at the Video Game Hall of Fame wish you a happy new year, and we are very excited to get talking about games from the old year, which is Yeah, the old man with the beard brought me the three games that I, I hoped he would bring us. So um, I'd clearly been a good boy in 2023. I got a few games, yeah. I asked for uh, Captain Toad and Metroid Prime Remastered, and I got both of those. And uh, my wife came came out of left field and got something that, that wasn't on my list, but something she'd heard me talk about. And I uh, rocked up with Untitled Goose Game on the Switch, physical. Oh, lovely. No, it's just a good game, that one, isn't it? No, no way, the Goose Game, <laughs> um, which I played on Boxing Day evening, I believe. Did some surly goose shenanigans. That game's supposed to be quite hard, isn't it? Is it hard? I, thought it, I don't think... I'd, I'd heard that you could breeze through it fairly easily in a, bit, in a few hours. Oh, okay. I think um, from, what, from what I've experienced, that like, you have a list to tick off of things to do, yeah. and it's quite easy to do enough to progress. But there's a couple... There's been a couple so far that I haven't needed to do, but I'm like, how how would I bloody do that? Yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning, yeah. Yeah, there was one week, like, in the first area, you're, you're with a gardener, and um, you have to kind of nick his keys and stuff. But um, you, have, you have to make him wear his sun hat, but you can't kind of select the sun hat, you can't do anything with it, and you can't get his hat off him in any way I, I've, I can, I've tried. So I'm a bit like, I don't know how to do that. And I, I moved on. I'll come back to that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, the goose logistics are the problem with that one by the sound of it. So <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. You, can, you can honk. There is a honk button that there does nothing a- but, but honk. And uh, if, you, if you find a bottle, you can pick it up and put your beak in the bottle and do a, a kind of echoey uh, muted honk. Or like a silencer. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's worth the money alone. Yeah. How about you, Steve-O? Uh, well, I was just I think my favourite bit for the Goose game is uh, wandering into the um, uh, into the video store. They've got a camera up, and you get his face and all the security cameras. That got us a lot of joy. Um, I got a uh, Raspberry Pi from the, uh, the great so man himself. So I can't yes. possibly list the number of games that we... Uh, uh, that we got because it is a ridiculous amount. So pretty much every cartridge system uh, game is got its library in full. Um, goes up to uh, Dreamcast and PS One, full Dreamcast, and selected for PS One and for uh, uh, for Saturn. Saturn's obviously a bit dodgy because it's always going to be. Um, mm. But it's uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Most of the playtime so far for single player has been I've been perusing the PS One line up quite um quite a lot the heart of darkness i think is is probably the one that i've played on the most which was a game that was scheduled to come out on the saturn and i was absolutely gutted when it got cancelled there is a prototype for the saturn on there but it doesn't doesn't run so i don't know what's the issue with that um but uh for multiplayer we've got far the most play time out of our much maligned micro machines 2 was f- <laughs> fucking Not hilarious watching the missus and the daughter 
like just not have a clue what's going on and getting frustrated. We had we, even though they're getting frustrated, we're getting hours of fun out of that one. So very good. Yeah, more than happy. There you go. No excuses for the rest of your Sega magazine editing tenure. You've got every single one. I know. In a pie. It's it's almost like the big man knew exactly what to get me, wasn't it? Yeah. Remarkable. And talking of which, um, the magazine has gone out. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the feedback. We've had some quite nice feedback from it. There's reviews on the um, on the site. And uh, we've just been discussing we're going to get the second issue. Um, going to be start working on that soon. So if you haven't picked it up yet, Sega Force Mega. If you if you like the sound of our voices, you might like the stroke of our fingertips even more. <laughs> and if you listen to the podcast, you can have both at once. Imagine that. Really confusing. Sensory overload, that would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would. Fingers flicking, tongues licking. You would not be able to handle it. Well, there we go. We're ready to go for a new year to induct games for our class of 2024. After we had 29 beautiful games in there last year for the class of 2023, the final of which, and I actually don't have the statistics in front of me, which is bad hosting. <clears throat> in fourth place this was our listeners choice uh selection you may recall ladies and gentlemen listening in fourth place was enslaved odyssey to the west with 11 percent. in third place somewhat surprisingly was shadow of the colossus with 19 percent. final fantasy 8 looked like it was storming ahead at one point but it ended up with just 28 percent behind legend of zelda ocarina of time with 42 percent uh rob when we uh, when we send when everybody sends their audio to me to edit this podcast, dear listener, uh, Rob decided to to name his file the one where Ocarina of Time wins, uh, <laughs> which would be entirely prophetic if it wasn't so blatantly obvious from the get go. But that's hey, that's Eric Gold's pick, so you know it's his fault. Well done, Eric. Well done, Eric. Well, thank you. I'll take the wins where I can get them, and I'm very happy that I got it because I think Ocarina should be in there. Now we can, you know, now there's a Zelda game in there. We can all just rest easy. We've we've done it. The curse has been lifted. It was appropriate for the the end of the year, wasn't it, to get that one in? Yeah. So for this year, what we are doing for our first show, which we will probably do for the first episode of every year, is uh, we're going to do 2023 games, which will basically be our de facto game of the year episode. Now, of course, it is important for those listening to note that all of us do not get paid to do this podcast. This is not our job. We have real jobs and families. Therefore, we cannot afford neither the time nor the monetary money to buy and play every single game that came out in 2023. So these will be ones that are limited by what we've actually had the time to play. If your favourite game from 2023 is not named on this podcast or nominated anyway, tell us on Twitter which one we should have put in there and we'll probably like the tweet and that's maybe it. One of us might respond. I don't know. But it won't go in. You can just tell us if we're wrong. Who, do, who wants to start? Is it me? Because I won. Is that how it goes? Sounds about right. And that's normally how it goes. I mean, I, I think it's up to you, really, because last time wasn't your pick as such, was it? True. But you can go first if you want. I suppose it doesn't make any difference. No, I guess I will. I guess I will. I actually, this was relatively an easy choice for me. Uh, although it was pushed late in the day, like literally a few minutes ago when I was making a notepad document of all the games that are worth mentioning from this last year. 
And I thought, oh yeah, Resident Evil 4 Remake came out. That was really good. So was the Dead Space Remake. But never mind. That's not the two games. Neither of those are the games I'm talking about. The game I'm talking about is a game that, for me, has reignited my enjoyment and excitement for future editions of 2D Mario games. Uh, Because my pick for 2023 games is Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which I hopefully going to talk about for the next few minutes without saying the word wonderful but just know that it's implied throughout because it is um what's the most interesting about the game i think is that they well nintendo had come through a a period of many years of successful yet underwhelming 2d mario that started with the one on the ds new super mario bros and then just kind of carried on for about four more games till it got really really bland with games like New Super Mario Bros. 2 on the 3DS and the Wii U one as well, which they've also brought out on the Switch again. 2D Mario was in a really just sort of vanilla place that that really belies the level of effort that Nintendo were putting into the 3D games and that should be put into Nintendo's flagship IP. So what they actually did is they, they drafted in a lot of guys from the 3D Mario games. I think the director of this game is, he may have worked on, I think he worked on um, the Galaxy games and they had guys from the Mario Odyssey team in there. Um, so they, they, they had everybody from that part of the, the Mario universe drafted in to help direct and produce the game to sort of get the level of creativity and the number of ideas from those people and try and transpose that from the 3D into the 2D. Um, I think they also did like a brainstorming session where they asked for like, um, I so the 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 central theme for Super Mario Bros. Wonder, of course, is that every level has in it a a little flower that you collect called a Wonder Flower, and that will do something to change the entire makeup of the level. It will change what you have to do. It it will be ranging from things like you'll turn into a giant blob that can fly in the air you might turn into a goomba or you might get run out by a stampede of rhinos or you might just start falling from the sky it changes it in different ways every time and apparently they they solicited ideas from basically everybody who was working on the game in like a suggestion box sort of thing and they must i think they said they had like a thousand different ideas or something that they had to choose from so Clearly, everybody was firing on all cylinders from a creativity standpoint with it. And that really shows, like, this is one of the most fun Mario games I've played in such a long time. The 2D nature of it obviously makes it very, I suppose, linear, but focused on every single level, basically. It's just a new idea thrown in there. It never outstays its welcome because the levels are always short. And if they've had that many ideas, and this is how they're going to make Mario, 2D Mario, at least in the, in the, future then i am very excited for a for a type of game that i really couldn't have cared less about anymore so i don't know how many else of us have actually played it but just just relentless fun i mean the game is actually really tough towards the end as well like the very final level of this game is absolutely brutal and i nearly threw my switch out the window with how angry it made me because it's it's like an endurance test of loads of different... You get these badges as you play the game that give you sort of... Um, sometimes they can give you extra helpful powers like gliding with his hat or triple jumps or higher jumps, floaty jumps, stuff like that. But they can also hinder the, hinder you as well. There's one that like makes him jump automatically. There's one that makes him run automatically. There's one that turns him invisible. 
which has to be the next level of speed run category for Mario games. Like I know that people do like blindfolded speed runs, but if anyone can speed run Mario Wonder with the invisible cap on for the entire game, then that's legendary work. Um, but yeah, the last level is, is it just throws all of those at you in the very last bit as you have to do this whole half of the level like it completely invisible and it was it just infuriating. So the game is no longer babyish bullshit like the new Super Mario Bros. was. It's no longer boring and bland without any creativity like they were. It is just bristling with it now. It just it just oozes this wacky Nintendo charm from every level and yeah, you will have an absolutely wonderful Damn it, I nearly said it. You'll have a really fun time if you play this no, game like, like I you did. I did say it. I did say it. <laughs> that was genuinely not intended. But yeah, I, um, there were some good games this year that I played. There's loads of games that we'll obviously talk about later on. This has been a, quite an amazing year for games in general, apart from, of course, if you work in the industry or the media for it, because you probably will have lost your job, which is really shit. But for the quality of games, it's obviously caught up from covid where people had longer to, to work on things. Apparently this one didn't actually have a time frame for it. They just kind of gave it to the guys and went, there you go, off you go, come back when you're ready. So yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, it will get many more plays throughout my life, I'm sure, as time goes by. But um, in terms of how much I just enjoyed from start to finish and didn't want a game to end, nothing comes close to Mario Wonder for me this year. I was just going to say I've played it. I haven't finished it. Um, I've probably played probably halfway. Um and it's as you say, it's um, it's an exceptional game. It's just pure fun, isn't it? The yeah. one thing I did, the one thing I did notice as I was playing through it is, as you say, there are some levels that are noticeably more difficult than previous two D Mario outings, and I just wondered if families who pick this up for younger kids are gonna mm. come unstuck by thinking it's going to be easier than it is. I suppose they do give you the the Yoshi characters and other ones that can't die or they at yeah, least they I can't guess. they don't get I hurt guess. when they they run into an enemy um obviously there is co- yeah, there's online co-op as well that's kind of like dark souls style where you can leave messages and standees for like you get these sort of standee things that you can buy and you can leave one in a level and i think if somebody's playing co-op isn't it something like if they i think if they they sort of turn into like a ghosty bubble thing and if you float towards a standee and get to come back into the level or something something like that so there is that to, to help people out but it also has like a difficulty le- uh, rating for every level before you go into it, doesn't it? It has like a yeah, star yeah. rating from yeah, one yeah. to, is it five or six? can't remember what it is now. can't remember off the top of your head. I haven't touched it since before Christmas. Yeah, there's one level that's, that's weirdly not hard. It's something like, I think it's like the five star levels aren't really that hard, but the six star ones are absolutely brutal, like Mario World style uh, special level brutal. But I like that. I like to be challenged by a Mario game because I've played, I've played them forever. So I, yeah. enjoyed, I enjoyed the challenge that was severely lacking for many decades on those games. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's great. It's not my favourite Mario platformer, I don't think. I, I'll make that decision for definite once I've finished it. Mm. But um, my favourite Mario platformer will come up at some point in the near future, I'm, I'm sure. Well, a couple of, them, a couple of Mario platformers are already in. We've got quite yeah. a few Mario games in, haven't we? Already, not my not my favourite. Uh, Interesting, but no, no, it's 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 really really good. I think it was a pleasant surprise as well because I think yes. everybody got carried away about the elephant in yes. it, it, like the E three videos and stuff. And I, I, I was a little bit sceptical, thinking, well, okay, that's great and all, like, but when the novelty wears off, is there actually going to be a great game? Mm-hmm. 
beyond this, and and I know me and you both pre-ordered it. Oh, from Curry's, yeah. On yeah, on blind faith more than anything else, and the fact that it was a, it was a really good deal. Um, but I was I was really really happy when I, I saw the reviews coming in, and then I plopped it into the old Switch and give it a blast. It's good. Mm. It's really good. And I mean, it's it's worth very worthy nomination for a uh, game of the year as well because it was in there, wasn't it? Aye. It was on the Christmas list, but obviously I wasn't good enough because I didn't get that one. Being a bad lad. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I aim to uh, acquire that through sometime through the, the new year. Nefarious practices. If goodness didn't work, then obviously evil is the way to go to get your hands on Mario. <laughs> that makes absolute sense. Yeah, there's are, no then. argument there. There we are, kids. Lesson for you all. floor in that logic. So that's me, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I think it'd be really fun if Steve goes next, if he's nominating what I think he is. So, <laughs> yeah, of let's, course. Let's, let's, let's kick it 90s. Come on, Steve. <laughs> yeah, so to get the 90s rivalry kicking off um, uh, like it ever died down, I am nominating Sonic Superstars for the uh, Game of the Year 2023. Um, so I actually did get Mario Wonder. It did come over um, at Christmas, but due to the sort of choice paralysis with the uh, Raspberry Pi, it's been hard mm. to focus on anything for, for too much. I've only had, you know, a couple of weeks um, with this game while also trying to juggle so much other stuff that I'm just desperate to play two seconds off before I cancel it and go on to the next thing that I'm desperate yeah, to play two seconds Yeah, you basically bought an ADD off. box for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ADHD box, perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, I can quite heartily uh, uh, recommend it because of the amount of playtime it got compared to like you know how much we had on offer. Um, and I've mostly played this during uh, multiplayer sessions. So it was the three of us, like my partner and my my daughter um playing it on the sofa over christmas would be it for you know a good good hour at a time or just pick up and play for five minutes in between something else um and we got so much so much enjoyment out of it i mean first of all the base the core game is is spot on as far as i'm concerned it's not um you know it doesn't uh reinvent the wheel but it does what sonic does as a 2d platformer very well i actually quite like the new art style the new direction um, I do prefer pixel art. There's no two ways about it. Um, but if they're going to go this way, this sort of 3D models uh, in the 2D environment, then I think they've absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think a game looks stunning. I also like the fact that they we're not retreading old zones like we do all the time with Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing Green Hill again for the 10,000th time, even though it probably is one of my favourite levels of all time in any game. You've done it, you know, move on. Um and nice anime cutscenes as well. Yes, yeah, really would. I wasn't expecting that. It's very, very nicely yeah. presented. So, uh, yeah, so I was pleased with the um, the overall core game. Now, in terms of a lot of the extra special abilities and things, I I tend to play this as if I'm playing an older Sonic. I just can't mm. help myself. I I tend to, unless I have to, I tend to avoid most of the the, the special powers. I just play the game as I would in 1991 if I'm playing. So, okay, I use the spin dash, so maybe I've I progressed from Sonic 1, but <laughs> Sonic 2 is, is my... I don't even use the drop dash thing. I don't even, I don't even do that, because it's just... I don't know. I've, I've got some kind of blockage in my brain. I can't get over that 12-year-old playing it for the, for the first time. But 
like I say, the core game itself is um, uh, is expertly done. It's it's inoffensive. It's um, there's no bits that really jarred. There were a couple of times where it did uh, where it, it lagged a little. I felt particularly during the water levels. But when does it not? Isn't that yeah. just standard for any any game ever? Um, yeah. But uh, what I also found myself doing, I wasn't, I couldn't quite get used to the fact of like never having to worry about dying about just constantly you know you, you, your lives don't run out you're effectively invincible and just go carry on and on and on i so anytime i i, I stopped the game i tend to just play it again from the beginning <laughs> rather than t- trying to get on to be a completionist i was just having fun replaying the same ones over and again finding different routes and and what have you so um so i can't say i'd be getting the full experience but then what that really did um, highlight is just how good it's evolved as a multiplayer game. I think they've really taken the lessons from, particularly I thought about the the Rayman um, uh, yeah. games, Rayman Legends, Rayman Origins. It reminded me a lot of how those ones played in a, in a multiplayer. Um, and it just, it just kind of worked where it hasn't done previously. Of course, there's always going to be minor annoyances, things that don't quite, uh, mechanics that, that wind you up the wrong way. And particularly when you've got one person, i.e. my daughter, who happens to jump through every single fucking special stage when you're just trying to get some progress. But then again, that just adds to the fun of it. That adds the cow- I mean, all, I'm all about couch co-op. That is literally, that is my pinnacle of gaming as far as I'm concerned. I think it's something that we're, we're losing massively. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, any game that brings that out, particularly around Christmas time, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to win massive brownie points um, for me. I do like the new special stages. I do like how they go, so don't get me wrong. It's just I like that swingy the yeah. swingy one when you go towards the chaos emerald, that's fun. And they've even got the some of the old ones kind of rehashed a little bit, which I, I do like, like the Sonic One thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna mention those ones in particular. Yeah, that 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 sort of bungee jump kind of thing that yeah. you've got going on, or the that's surprisingly simple and fun. Um and yeah, I've always liked the Sonic One special stages, so it's a nice there's plenty of nice yeah, little too. callbacks and moments um and things in it like that. Um and above all, I think it's probably, um, for those of you with families, it's the most kid-accessible Sonic I think I've probably ever played. It seems, I mean, my daughter's it's older now. Like she doesn't need the hand-holding, but if this was around 10 years ago, I would have been absolutely all over it, you know. We both would have been. Um, so I think that's worth mentioning as well. And all in all, it's just a, a really polished little package. It's not... It makes me excited for the future of, of of that form of 2D. I would still like pixel art stuff to happen, but by the sounds of it, that's probably not going to. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I think that might be a bit of a cop-out. I think they probably could if they wanted to. I'm sure there's enough people around to still churn out a, a decent 2D pixel art game. But, um, but nonetheless, if this is going to be the kind of basis for things going forward, in the same way that you speak about Mario Wonder, I'm also quite excited to see what they can do, how they can improve it. And as, as a basis... Well, it's it's a lot fucking better than Sonic Four was, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That, that just killed the idea for for however long, fifteen years or whatever it's been. Um, so this is not the same. This is putting a really solid foundation on it, where you can be excited about the you know classic Sonic moving forward. So yeah, yeah, hours and hours of of fun out of it, um, and I have no problem with with uh, nominating this one. Is it? Has anyone else played it? I've finished it. Basically, I played through it as Sonic to the end and finished it, um, and that's all I've played on it, actually. And I then went on to something else. Um, I did really like it. I, I didn't get around to playing it in multiplayer yet, 
um because my daughter was into whatever game i don't know probably minecraft good lord <laughs> um but i think it went went on a bit of a dip in the middle um i especially remember that that kind of beachy level like disappointing me graphically because it, it was just a, these huge kind of tiles of of kind of beige brick like taking up a lot of the space and then these kind of shell uh relief carvings that, that seemed really low quality and i was like this this level is really ugly but the the first couple of levels and the the later levels and like the you know the uh the the ghost train one or the roller coaster one they were fantastic, and I do agree. It's great to see a Sonic game that doesn't. Oh, here's Chemical Plant Zone. Here's Green Hill Zone. Here's all the greatest hits. It's totally. it's made its own zones. Um, I did really like it. I, I especially liked it early on. Um, but I do think it it dropped a bit and then got really good at the end again. Definitely was a dip in the middle, but as you say, it does pick up again. So if it, if it was a if it was a dip and then it ended. That would have been much more of a problem than it picking itself up again. But yeah, particularly the yeah the desert level. I also felt the level before that. I think was the the, the water level. So I think that's where it kind of started. It, it wasn't just the graphical style or the you know the lack lack of um, sort of visual flair, but it was also the level design felt a little bit drab. Um, yeah, compared to what went before and after. But then again, say say it picks up. So uh, for me, it's a solid eight out of ten. Um, and I haven't played a game better than an eight out of ten dish that was released in 2023. But I think um, it was also re- it was reviewed for the magazine by Faith, wasn't it? And she gave it a, an 82, which I would uh, I'd agree with. That's a good good number, solid eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. And that, as you say, it's a basis for like you know if they work on that, that like I'm I'm excited to play the next one. You know. Yeah. Yeah, if it definitely feels nice. That's that's the thing you need to nail with Sonic games, and it it feels right. It doesn't feel maybe quite as spot on as Sega uh, Sonic Mania did, but that was because I guess because of the two D art stuff, pixel art. But um, yeah, I've only played the first level and, and a little bit of the bonus stages just to prep for this pod. Um, I will obviously finish it, but it uh, yeah, I picked it up and immediately thought, yeah, this this feels like a Sonic game. This is good. Yeah, um, which is amazing considering it's developed by. Or co-developed by that Arzest who did that Balan Wonderworld. Uh, was that last oh, year? Oh God, twenty twenty-one, which is probably one yeah. of the worst games for the last couple of years. So the fact that they've picked themselves up and developed this um, sort of redemption arc is, uh, yeah, it's quite impressive. The challenge I have with Sonic games is it's very much a like once bitten, twice shy with me. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, I played through Sonic Colors Unlimited or something, the the PS4 one that came out, and it's an awful. I mean, I might get. We might get angry letters. There might be people listening who love it, but it's a terrible game. Yeah, I completed it, but I had no fun doing so. Like I did it out of uh, I've started so I'll finish kind of thing. But um, I mean, I'd rather just play Sonic Two on the Mega Drive. <laughs> Is that a bad thing to say? No, it's just, it's a different animal though. I mean, it's for for someone who appreciates classic Sonic, it's probably worth sticking your nose above the parapet. But yeah, as far as Sonic Colors, I, I I agree. It doesn't don't like my lemon. But um, no, and I guess the challenge and challenge is there's just so many games, so many brilliant games came out in 2023. Yeah, it's also uh, worth. I mean, I I waited yeah. for it to to be knocked down in price a bit as well because it was hefty um, when it first came out. But there was um there was sales on over the Christmas. 
I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up when it's cheap. Yeah, it's just for you, mate. It's getting you good, boy. It's getting cheap. But also, it, it, it's, if I can give it no better um, sort of recommendation than this, it's the first time I've been excited about the future of two um, D Sonic. Not by mainly because that was kind of like that was a you know once in a lifetime kind of thing. The first yeah. time since since the Mega Drive days, probably. To be fair, it was also just great living in a. A 2023 where two of the big christmas releases were a 2d sonic and a 2d mario yeah yeah that was great i, I, I loved that <laughs> i mean i think if the general consensus from what i understand i think mario is in with a, a better shot but um yeah. but i still just love the core sonic gameplay you know that's that's my bad yeah i mean i'm a sega boy so I'm, i've got loads of t-shirts and stuff with sonic on but um just not the games. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> not the games. <laughs> not the games. It'd be interesting to see how it does up against some uh, guaranteed big hitters in this uh, this this category. Like, sounds like Rob's well. giving himself an introduction there, Alex. Well, yeah, carry on then. <laughs> oh, is it? Um, okay, so the the game I'm um, nominating is a game that I got for Christmas. One of the three that I mentioned earlier, and use all use all already know what it is um but it's spider-man 2 on the ps5 it was one of the three games that i asked for and i was lucky enough to get it the other two were both big 2023 releases as well that i could probably have played first and maybe nominated one of them being those two games being the resident evil 4 remake and final fantasy 16 but i went for spider-man 2 first because it was i think uh, somebody emailed in asking what game we were most looking forward to this yeah. year or something like that a few months back and I said Spider-Man 2 then because, I mean, I, I absolutely loved Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man on PS4. And then when I got my PS5, the first PS5 exclusive game I picked up was, um, well, the first Sony exclusive I picked up was Spider-Man Miles Morales, which it was, which I loved as well. Um, and this follows on from the first game. So the first game introduced Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And then as the, the name of Spider-Man Miles Morales gives away, that introduced a second Spider-Man in the same universe. Um, Miles Morales is a character who people may be familiar with because of the Spider-Verse animated movies, which are, are, are brilliant. And this is the sequel, which gives you the opportunity to play as both um, Spider-Men or Spider-Mans. That in the game, they can't decide what they, they call themselves both of who have their own unique abilities and moves uh, and as well as their own music that plays when you're playing as one of the two and different suits that you can acquire as you play through the game. And is, have any of you played it? No. I've played Spider-Man and Miles Morales, but not Spider-Man 2. Not the new one. No. Well, I mean, it's... it's um. I also got it for Christmas, though. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, you'll absolutely love it. I will. I know I will. I finished it earlier. Um, this well, I finished it this evening. I know I, I sent a screenshot out to you saying what a great game. Um, and I mean, for me, normally I'll play a game for for ages before I finish it because, as as you mentioned at the beginning of this, um, Alex, time isn't necessarily like life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you sit down to play a game, but I got this ten days ago and I finished it, which is unheard of for me. And it's one of those games where when you sit down to play it five hours might have passed and you you completely lost track of time so this game follows the first game which was released on on ps4 which is one of my favorite ps4 titles and 
in this game, as I say, you get to play as both Spider-Men side by side in this in in New York, and it looks phenomenal. Um, the character models, the, the facial animation when they're talking, when you're swinging or flying, because in the in the game there's now web wings, so you don't just have to swing around. If you press the triangle button, you have wings that appear between like your hip and your your arms, so you can kind of glide around. Um, it and the New York is twice the size of the city that existed in the two previous games, um, with Brooklyn and Queens being added as well as some other areas. And the city feels more alive than it did in the previous games as well, where it, it it's no areas particularly sparse. There's traffic everywhere. There's always something going on. There's people out and about. And in the first game, one of the things that I loved doing was going looking for some of the landmarks. I don't know if this is something that you did when you, you played through it, Alex, but like in, in this game, I made sure that I went to see the Empire State Building, uh, the Rockefeller Center, uh, Madison Square Garden, and the Ghostbusters Firehouse, which makes mm-hmm. a return as after being one of my favourite Easter eggs in the, the first game. There's super villains galore, um, and the story is it, it, it's brilliant. It's so well thought out, and it's got more twists and turns than the roller coaster that, that you can ride on. And um, When you visit a theme park at one part of the game with MJ and Harry Osborne, which is a real change of pace rather than fighting baddies. You're just wandering around this theme park and there's loads of rides you can go on. You don't have to, there's an option to do so, but if you go on the mall, which I did, then you get to go and claim a prize and then some baddies appear. And I ended up fighting off the baddies wearing my prize, which was Spider-Man dressed up with a light up cowboy hat and massive illuminated <laughs> sunglasses. Um, the story's really well crafted and the voice acting is matches it. It's it's as good as the story, and some of the lines of dialogue are genuinely laugh out loud funny. Um, the plot. I there was I a, actually heard. On, I I heard somebody on a different podcast today say that they felt the um that the writing and the script for this was actually better than pretty much all the Andrew Garfield star uh, Spider Man films that have come out in not Andrew Garfield. Was Tom Holland? Toby Maguire. Oh, Tom Holland. Yeah, they were saying that they th- they thought the that, story like. was was better than than those ones, and that the just seems like is it Insomniac? Is that who it is? Yeah, Insomniac. Yeah, that they obviously have some 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 writing chops. I'm a huge fan of the three um, like MCU Spider Man films that have came out with Tom Holland in, um, and the latest one, No Way Home, where it's got that crossover universe with the previous two. Spider Man, um, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield is it w- was phenomenal. But this game, the stories, I, I thought the story was going to be quite predictable early on. I saw something coming and it happened. Right. Um, and there's quite a significant twist in the plot, which is almost given away by the box art. And if you've seen any of the trailers for it, you already know what's going to happen. Mm. But it's so well done. There's this, like, I'm, 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 being really conscious, not a spoiler, because I know there'll be people listening who got it for Christmas the same way that you and I did, Alex. Yeah. But um, this, you think that there's going to be a villain that's going to be the villain throughout the entirety of the game. But there's so many plot twists and like what you would call face turns where people <laughs> who you think are goodies are suddenly baddies and people who you think are baddies are goodies. It's so well done. 
the st- and I, I know that like I know um, Simon, you've said in the past that you, when it comes to Sony exclusives, sometimes you think that people look at them as being like a piece of art. This has got the gameplay to match. This this is such a well rounded game. Like in in the the story itself as well. Like all of the character, the major characters have got character arcs that have a a satisfying conclusion. And I'm not just talking about the two Spider Men. I'm talking about all of the the major characters, including some of the bad guys. Well, all of the bad guys. Um, at the beginning, um, I did think that switching between the two Spider Men almost felt like two separate games. But it isn't long before that it makes sense as to how you're going to do it and the the stories that they have become completely intertwined and it, it do you know a bit like playing through something like Grand Theft Auto 5 where you've got the three different characters you switch between it 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 it's it makes it makes perfect sense it's all it's all fine um there's some real hype moments in the game and there's some genuinely moving moments um I, I, I think the story and the quality of the writing, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's so good. It's almost too good. It's, it, it exceeded my already incredibly high expectations. Um, the gameplay, as I said, is just as good as the first two games, but it takes it to the next level. There's um, parrying and dodging, which is, is new oh, and a yeah. raft of new gadgets. The parrying it, it especially, there's some quite difficult boss battles, and if you haven't mastered how to parry, you don't stand a chance. Yeah, the, the devs have been playing some Elden Ring, I think, in the uh, yeah <laughs> during, yeah, during yeah. the making yeah, of this. I, I think so. And the, the parrying, because there was a there was a boss which I thought, oh, I, I, and, and as soon as I, I nailed the parrying, I thought, oh, right, okay, I can't do it. But there are there is some genuinely difficult moments. I've heard some good things about the boss fights as well. Actually, they're supposed to be pretty some pretty spectacular ones. One thing I will say about the boss fights is you don't often know how many times you're going to have to beat a boss. And what I mean by that is, like, you'll be fighting one, and their health bar will be at the top of the screen, and you beat them. Then you have to fight them again, and their health bars replenished, but yours isn't. Right. Then you beat them again, and then you've got to beat them a third time. And there's one boss where I thought, you know, I'm not going to do this. And I thought, I I just managed to do it on the third time. Then they came back a fourth time, and I thought, oh, come on, game. That's not fair, but um, <laughs> y- you get used to it. You get used to it, and it, it 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 it's fine. It's it's it is. It's really really good. The boss, all the boss fights feel really epic. The game starts with you fighting Sandman, the two Spider Mans chasing Sandman around New York. From that moment, I thought, you know, I'm I'm all in. This is going to be brilliant. Um, it does slow down a little bit. I don't know if you remember in the first game, Alex. There was sections where you played as MJ, yeah, yeah um, I heard Spider Man's girlfriend, back. and you. Like you've got to sneak around and just got a like a taser. They are a, a nice change of pace from the quite frenetic action of playing as Miles or Peter, mm-hmm. but they're without a doubt the weakest element of the actual gameplay. Um, they aren't difficult. They're incredibly unrealistic when there's a, a load of mercenaries looking for you and you're just wandering around with a, a taser taking them out one by one. But um, th- th- there's not many of them, so it 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 doesn't it isn't too big a d- detraction. Um, one thing that isn't as good as it probably should be is some of the side missions. Um, some of them are really engaging where they have really solid payoffs in terms of the story that you're rewarded with or the reward that you get for completing them. But some aren't. Some are, are like fetch quests and that you can do them for XP. Mm. Or it, you've got to get to a certain level in each of the 
areas of the city in order to be able to fast travel. Um, and you can do them to, to be able to do that. But to be fair, I mean, I, I enjoyed swinging around the city so much, I, I never fast traveled once, even though I could have done. And um, one, there's loads of really, really neat touches, and one of them I, I came across, like, and you don't even know they're going to happen. So when I reached level 30, and I jotted this down when it happened, you can then buy Miles' Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse suit. So I don't know if you have seen the animated film, but as soon as I sort of thought, right, I'm going to buy that, like, I'm going to get that with the the, like, bits of um, resources that I picked up playing through the game, like tech, tech parts and stuff. And when I equipped it, it came up on the screen saying that I could go into the settings to change the visual settings so that the two Spider-Men were now going to be animated in the same way that Miles is in the Spider-Verse movies, and the sound effects were going to change to match. And I didn't even know that was an option. And if I hadn't bought that suit, I wouldn't have even known. Yeah. So many clever touches. It, uh, you can tell that a, a whole load of work's gone into it and it's incredibly mm. well polished. There are a few like visual, like playing through the game, and I played about 40 hours. Um, there was a couple of times where I'd kill an enemy and they would be like stuck in a wall, like moving, like backwards and forwards. And I've seen a few people complain about various things on, on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it. Um, but they seem to be largely um, blue tick accounts looking for engagement by posting things that they know are going to trigger yeah playstation fans so anybody i wouldn't wouldn't let that put you off i, I played through it and i didn't have any any problems whatsoever didn't even see uh, any like frame rate drops or anything like that it was just a, a true joy from start to finish and i'm not surprised that it was nominated for game of the year because it it exceeded my expectations which were already through the roof brilliant game can't wait to play i it. can't I can't wait to hear what you think of it when you start playing it. Mm. I blasted through it in 10 days, and I would never normally do that with a game like this. I'd normally take my time. But mm. every time I got any spare time, it was going on. Wonderful game. Excellent choice. Simon. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hello. I'm going to talk to three blank faces for 20 minutes. <laughs> Fucking hipster. So I, well, actually, you'll find it's the least hip, hipster choice of all, actually. <laughs> Um, there are two games that I considered for this, um, neither of which I actually finished, but it's because they're both huge, and I do intend to finish them. One is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which mm-hmm. I do think is obviously fantastic and was probably going to come up in a couple of yours is also runs. But, um, for sure. It's not like the new thing anymore. Breath of the Wild was, was the new thing. Yeah. And it does a lot. It does a lot that's new and unique but it's still, that style has been done already. So it didn't have the wow factor for me. Yeah, same. And it also has like the DIY making of things that when I think about going back to finish the game off now, just almost seems, feels like a chore in my head to have to go back and do. Like, oh, I have to make another yeah. car floaty thing. Otherwise, I'm going to be walking slowly across the whole map. I think they did it. So if you're not up for it, you can, you can just, yeah, you can do just jump basics. on a horse, right? Yeah. Yeah, but... um. I know what you mean. I do. Not, I do know what you mean. Like I see people create these amazing contraptions online, and it's like that's cool, but I'm never doing that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I am going to go with. I don't know how the votes will do. So I think our listener base is quite console based. Um, I don't know. I think you might win with this one. Yeah, we'll see. So I think it won the actual game of the year. I'm going for Baldur's Gate Three. Did. Yeah. Um, oh well, that's so, that's that one. <laughs> I mean, and it is on console. It's on PlayStation and Xbox. So 
Yeah, the thing I I'll I'll say this now. Um, I once said that when they stop releasing games physically, that's the day I'll stop being a gamer. And Baldur's Gate Three came out on PlayStation Five digital only. They have announced a special collector's edition for a hundred pounds, a hundred dollars plus fifty dollars shipping. I think it is. That's the only way you can get a physical on physical on the PS Five. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> I need to check that. I'm sure it's just coming out normal physical. Um, not when I was looking at it, and I go I googled it, and it said that it was oh. digital only when it was released. The ball ache I had to go through to get Alan Wake two this year, like setting up an Indonesian PlayStation account and buying Indonesian PlayStation vouchers and getting them getting a, the account added to my PlayStation and then setting up console sharing or whatever the hell it is just to play the game without having to pay seventy quid. For a oh, fucking you're, license. You're bloody white. right, Rob, yeah. Jeez. Of course I'm right. I thought, I thought it was coming out. I don't know where I'd seen that. Um, is it, is it physical on Xbox or is it digital there, only there no, as well? No, it's digital only on console, oh, I think. Jesus. Yeah. I do agree is... with your sentiment, Rob, like big time. I, I didn't play Alan Wake 2 this year, even though Alan Wake 1 is, is one of my favourite games. Because yeah, yeah. I'm just like, why... Come out on disc, come on, and I'll get it day one. Um, but I'm, I don't want to download it. I, I want to wait. And people will probably be listening to that thinking that's silly, but I want it on my shelf, you know? Um, I know what you Bodders, mean. Yeah, but with Borders Gate 3, thanks to our former captain and editor, I've got a PC that will easily run it. Um, I'm all right with downloading on PC, and I, mm, I got it same. on PC. Wait, what physical stuff can you get for a PC, right? Exactly, yeah. So, um, and I don't have a PS5 yet, or a series, Xbox series, so it was my only choice anyway. Um, do you guys want, like, ten minutes to get all the bare sex references out of your system? Or have we got over that? I don't know. I think, we've, I think we made them already. I did yeah. see that somebody got banned for a year on Xbox because he's, took a video of two characters in it having sex and it obviously automatically uploaded it to the game feed on xbox and he's got banned for a year which is pretty funny absolute filth when it came out did um when it came out was there an announcement that followed shortly afterwards saying that the characters in it were way um more desperate to have sex yeah that's yeah they had to patch that right Yeah, yeah it it was easier than intended yeah yeah so, like, basically the first time you make camp, uh, Lazelle... It's like a big swingers party. Like a New Year's would, Eve. Would get on you. Yeah, you had to play the whole game in wellies. I, I had to turn it off. I had, I had to turn it off, the, the, the sex scenes, because, I, you know, it's on the PC. I play it downstairs while the wife and kid are watching TV, and I, I just find it a bit awkward. But, but let's talk about the good things about the game. So That is one of the good things. It's the only reason you bought it, you pervert. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's nothing to do with the fact that Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 are two of my favourite games of all time. Is there <laughs> not, banging not. in those? No, Baldur's Gate 1, it, it kind of predates the kind of Bioware party romance interaction. Um, and Baldur's Gate 2, it was one of the first games I ever remember to have like a romanceable characters, but it would just... Right. It's just like played out in text and there was no... Shagging, I remember. He he comes mm. up later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does. Stay tuned, listeners. Yeah. 
But yeah, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 are two of my favourite games of all time. So they, they were made by Bioware. And they, they were what kind of made Bioware, a AAA studio. Um, and they're kind of top-down RPGs that control like real-time strategy games. And they've got real-time combat with, with pause. So you can pause the game, tell your dudes what to do, unpause and, and see all their spells fly. They're based on Dungeons & Dragons, uh, the rule set, which was third edition back then. And the last expansion, well, the only expansion for Baldur's Gate 2 was Throne of, Throne of Ball, which was the, the kind of big culmination of the, the story, the, the, balls, the ball spawn story, where you're kind of like this, the offspring of the god of murder, and you have to fight all the other offspring to, to either ascend or like put an end to the, to the tragedy that's befalling the, the realm. Um, and that was a good like 19 years ago. Since then, uh, Bioware aren't like the massive peace factory that they were. Um, so Larian, which is a Belgian developer, I think, um, who made the Divinity games, uh, took on Baldur's Gate 3. And obviously, I don't know if any of you guys actually play or know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, the tabletop game, but that Dice. changed... Dice, yeah, there's dice involved. 20-sided ones on that, isn't it? Yeah, 20-sided dice, the best kind of dice. The, the funnest to roll. That's all I um, know. That, that's changed a lot since the, the, the kind of late 90s, early 2000s as well. Um, it's up to 5th edition. It's gotten really popular. Um, celebrities are playing it. It's no longer kind of, you know, my wizard targets Orc A. Um, it's kind of about expressing yourself and making these characters and, and like escapism. Um, Jason, Jason Muse did a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, didn't he? Did he? I don't know who that is. Who's that? Jay and Jay Silent Bob. Jay and Silent Bob. Ah. Yeah, loads of like, celebrities are openly into it nowadays. You know, the biggest celebrity, the big show, is seen playing it quite a lot. Old <laughs> Paul White. Yeah. Well... He, he likes D&D. Um, I hear he plays gnomes. I don't, I don't know, but it'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> just, to be, yeah. just to live on the other side for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they had, like, 19 years between sequels, and the thing it's based on has changed so much. That it, it was really interesting to see what they do, and I think they absolutely nailed it. Um, the obvious things, you know, ev- everyone's probably seen the the characters like there's there's five main party members is it five yeah that you can either play as you can choose them as your character or they're the kind of first guys that join you um and they i think all of them have become quite quite famous in gaming circles um my favorite is Astarian, the kind of well-spoken vampire um who's the most morally morally uh gray area of, of them all but they've all they've all kind of got there's no generic good guys they've all got a hook to them a kind of story hook that gets you really interested in their in their kind of arc and if you're not interested in their arc then you never put them in your party you never do their side quest and you don't have to think about them at all so that's another really good thing about it is the customizability so it's got all the classes and races from uh basic D and D, which is which is loads. Um, you can customize your character visually as well. 
And then when you actually start playing the game, there's so many different routes to it. There's, there's three acts to the game, all of which are vast. And they all feel really different. So the first act is kind of traditional kind of adventuring in wilderness areas and stuff. The second act, it, it gets a lot darker and you're kind of skulking around kind of a haunted forest. And then the third act, you actually get to Baldur's Gate and it, there's some kind of political intrigue in there. And that you can do all of them completely differently. It's one of those games where if you've got a friend who's playing it and, and you can talk for hours, oh, yeah, but then in my one, this happened. Oh, I don't even see that guy. In my one, I did this. And I like a good example is actually getting into to Baldur's Gate. So you get to Act 3 and you're quite looking forward to getting to the city, which is the title of the game. Um, but there's a little kind of town in front of it and there's still quite a lot to do before they, you're actually let in. And there's a few ways you can get in, most of which involve talking to the guards. So you might have help from, you might have got someone who will help you you, like way earlier in the game um, who can help you get through. You might just fight your way through or you might, you know, have high enough charisma and wisdom or whatever you to kind of talk your way through. Or you, you can actually just be sneaky and experimental with the jump mechanic enough to just climb around the cliffs and just get in uh, under the, the kind of drawbridge. Um, and it's like any way you do it, it's fine. And that really, that's really what Dungeons & Dragons is all about, kind of because obviously you're in a tabletop, you can do anything. Um, and the battles uh, play out like that as well because they're so, they're really cleverly designed and the gameplay mechanics are so, are so well done that, that no two uh, encounters are the same. So a lot of them you can just talk your way out, which is, which is fine. It's like quite obvious nowadays. But like the, all, the, all the kind of spells and abilities, they're not just ways of damaging or debuffing or buffing. But you're there, they're tools. Um, and you can use the environment in an interesting way. You can put oil down and set fire to it. You know, it, it, and the way the, the way the kind of arenas where you do battle are designed, it encourages that. So you can hit a rock that goes through a, a big, a, like a trap door which opens up another area underneath. Uh, there's so much interaction with the world. And they changed the rules of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons to make it work better in a game. And a, a, a lot of people were complaining. Like little things like that non-players wouldn't understand, but you can, you can kind of jump whenever you want. And you can... There, there, there's other things that, that should be bonus actions or that should be actions and they're bonus. So you, you shouldn't be able to do these things as often which work for the tabletop setting, but in the game, that, wouldn't, that would be too limiting. So they, they made the right choices. So it's, it's kind of respectful of where it came from, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really good as well. And that, that includes how it looks back on Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. It's respectful of those, but it's not kind of tied back in that reverence. It's, it's modern in the right ways. So it's old school in the right ways, and it's modern in the right ways. Um, and it's really impressive. and. There's unlimited hours of playtime in it. There's two, I guess there's two things, three, mm, there are some downsides. One is the non-physical thing that we've already talked about. Um, Two is when I got my fifth party member and they went into my backup, I was like, hang on. I kicked off quite a bit because in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, you could have six uh, party members. 
Um, whereas in this, you can only have four at any time. And I, I was quite upset about that. I don't see why. I, don't, I guess they balanced all the all the encounters around four people. But um, and I, I think that's about it. Like, like it got a reputation. Everyone everyone kind of talks about the the kind of party mem- like certain like Gale the wizard and his thirstiness has kind of become a meme. But there's so much mm-hmm. more to it than that. And there's so much more to him. He's got like you know he's got this he's got this kind of I won't go into it because it's one. It will take ages into it. It'll spoil spoil it for anyone who's gonna gonna get get on it at any point. But um, there's so much more to it. There's so, there's so much to everything. The villains are really good. Um, I think it deserved all all the plaudits it got. It was in early access for like three years, and it resulted in oh a, really a, yeah. It resulted in a very very well crafted game. Um, that lives up to its. It's four bears, but also moves moves it along. Um, and Larian can can kind of do no wrong at the moment. Seems that way, yeah. And I think it's the only way I'm going to get a Baldur's Gate game in. So I'm taking uh, probably. It. Well, <laughs> I suppose Even that would have counted as a WRPG, I, would it? It would have, yeah. But like I probably might have hinted at at the time, I did hold off on it because I I needed it for this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how it'll do. I mean, I know. Um, I know. Obviously, it w- I'm. I was. Su- was I surprised at one game of the year? I don't think so. I mean, after the reviews it got, but I mean, I do think it is. And I mean, I've not played it, so tell us if if this is wrong. But it feels like more of a, like have more of a niche appeal than something like Mario Wonder or or some of the other games that we've talked about. Um. Do you need to be a Do you need to be a bit geeky to enjoy it? Or enjoy bare sex. Yeah, I think you need to be a certain persuasion to enjoy that. But um, there's, I guess, there's two answers to that question. One is like D and D is huge now. I don't, yeah. and a lot of people are really into it. A lot, and a lot of people you wouldn't expect. So I don't think it's. Um, this is probably just more of like sort of legitimizing that hobby. I think, isn't it? And it's just yeah. been. Like everybody who's into that has just come together to absolutely love this game effusively, yeah. right? But on the other hand, because it reminds me a lot of Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay, I've played that and finished that. Yeah, but it, I but mean, I will a... get it at some point. But um, being restricted to f- digital prices on the PS5 yeah, is not I'm... not great. I'm entirely. I think it's in a sale at the moment. But even then, I, I will pick it up at some point when I'm still. A little bit reluctant, but I mean, I know um, the aforementioned Tim played through it, and he he said that he absolutely loved it. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's played it who hasn't. And and again, it's one of those where everyone will have a completely different story about about what happened to them, mm. um, how they got past certain bits though they wouldn't have met certain characters. Like everyone has it, will have a totally different experience. And I haven't even finished it yet. There, there's some really good twists in it as well. Especially because it, you get like a, a tadpole in your head, and basically it's a it's a time bomb. Um, eventually, you're going to turn into a thing called an illithid or a mind flayer, which is like a kind of tentacle beast um, with um, like mega psychic powers. So, so that's the basic premise. But they 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 twist that around and fling you from pillar to post 
from that initial premise so so much and so well. Um, and then with me being a fan of the first two games, there's there's some cool, uh, lots of callbacks. There's a couple of party members that you can recruit that, even though it's set 140 odd years after Baldur's Gate 2, with the kind of lifespans of a lot of the races, they could they could bring characters back, and they did. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of little fan servicey bits as well. Yeah. Aside from the fan service, though, is there any real kind of advantage to playing the first two games first? Or you'd be happy just going at entry level straight in the third game. Yeah, because I need to know that too, because I've never played them before. And it's just, what, 300 hours or something stupid? Like, am I going to. I mean, get it could it? be 300 hours easily. Um, I don't think you do need it. It doesn't, it doesn't link to that story at all. And when you do meet. So there's a. I think, I, I'm not spoiling anything. There's a druid character called Jahira who is one of the recruitable characters in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and she's, like, one of the canon party members. Um, and she's the first... Like, you'll see, you can pick up books and kind of read um, about what happened in 1 and 2, like, history books, you know. Um, but she's the first time you really come face-to-face with something from those games. Mm-hmm. And if you pursue the line of questioning, you can be like, oh, what was it like to... to be part of those those events that change the world and she'll she'll kind of talk about it in a way that will pop fans of the first two games but if you don't if you don't you know pursue that route you're not going to miss out on anything yeah and if you do without having played it um it will just seem like they're talking about the history of the world and like oh this character is a big deal in this world i don't really need to know why so i don't i don't think it'll affect it at all there's lots of stuff in there that will make fans of the original two, like whoop and throw their hats in the air. <laughs> but it's not gonna, it's not gonna ruin it for anyone. Who throw their it. tadpoles in the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've played a good RPG for a good few years. Just the, you know, the commitment of time. But it does really look like something I, I'd be interested in. It's actually why, why I was asking. I think. I think it might be the one it to is frigging huge. return to the well with this one because it does it does look incredible and as far as your chances of winning a, a go I think you stand a pretty decent chance I think these things have been de-geekified over the years haven't they you know mm. it's much more mainstream you just look at like the popularity of <clears throat> I mean even some references you were making there is the mind flare was making me immediately reminded me of stranger things like how much that has gone into yeah, D and that as well yeah, yeah it's gone completely into like the sort of public consciousness and is now a completely different animal than it would have been 20 years ago so yeah i mean it, it's got fantastic yeah i keep forgetting about stranger things yeah no, yeah. yeah um and and similar to what rob was saying about spider-man the, the voice acting just takes it to another level the voice acting is so good um, yeah, they, they, that guy like, won an award as well, didn't he? One of the guys won an award at the Game Awards for like best performance or something. I would, Im- I don't know, but I imagine it's the guy who played Astarian again. Like that, that mm. character is awesome. He's like he's an all-time character for me. Um, but yeah, like any any of those main like five party member voice actors could re- read me bedtime stories. Any of them, <laughs> I'd accept it. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Stay away from that one. They read that because you, you know what will happen. Can we just check? Is this like an official shout out that you're doing? Is this an official plea that you're entering now? Because we could we could probably start trying to get a bit of a thing going on Twitter. Maybe 
get the voice actors over to your house and lock rock you to sleep if yeah that'd be lovely actors are mostly out of work you know 90 percent of the time so it probably won't be an issue <laughs> well these guys are riding a wave at the moment because uh, they're all over my youtube doing like little uh rocking people to sleep well you know oh say this in that guy's voice you know but you know when that when that <laughs> wave dies down perform for me monkey perform for me that kind of shit yeah that that sort of stuff yeah do that thing where you pretend to be someone else yeah, <laughs> dance, Colin, dance. <laughs> I'll, I'll always remember when um, Nancy Cartwright was on the Big Breakfast, and they they made her say, "It's the time for the last half hour or whatever they used to say," and she said it in her own voice. And the guy was like, "No, do it in Bart Simpson's voice." And she was like, "But I'm not Bart Simpson." And he's like, "Oh, we <laughs> ran out of time now." <laughs> say the line, Bart. Do you reckon she ever does that voice like when she's in bed with someone, just to freak him out? That would upset you, wouldn't it, a lot? That would be deeply troubling, wouldn't it? (laughs) So much so, I don't think you'd be able to tell anyone else about it, so it'd just be your and her thing, and she'd get off on that. (laughs) Fucking Nancy, you dirty cow. Sorry. (laughs) I like a rumba. Right. So, that's it. That's the list of games from 2023. Once again, they are in alphabetical order. Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. You can vote for which one of those games you would like in the Hall of Fame for the first uh, inductee in the class of 2024 over at VG underscore HOF on Twitter. What you can also do is email us to videogamehof at gmail.com and two people have done that this time around we're delighted to announce the first person to email us is slaty and he says nice hey alan and the gang which i guess is just a thing now which is fine um i there's just read the email alan yeah all right hang sorry. on are you, are you are you not alan is that what you're telling us <laughs> that's what i tell you at the beginning of every episode uh sorry Maybe not been paying attention Sorry, Al, go uh, away. Yeah, uh, I found your podcast over Christmas and I've now listened to every episode. What a wonderful holiday you must have had, sir. <laughs> I, I wonder about the girl with the face too big for her head. I went with a girl whose face was so big her eyes were on her forehead and she had to point her face towards the ground for her eyes to see in things in front of her. I wear glasses, but at least my face points to the right way. Could it be the same large-faced girl? She's called Melanie Laurel, and I'm 33, and I live in Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mel, if you're out there, Slatey's interested? I don't know. Could Rob do a poem for me? I'm not a fan of the music of Seal, if that helps. Pete. Oh, what's he called? Pete? Well, his name is Peter Slater, by the look of it. Oh, no, Peter Slater. It's not him, though. He's not from Sheffield. Um... Yeah, if he's, I can do a, I can do him a poem. All right. Uh, give us two minutes. Thanks for the email, Slatey. And thanks for checking us out over Christmas. We really, honestly, genuinely appreciate that. That's that's awesome that you listen to every episode. Ready? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think By two minutes, he meant two seconds. Uh, people are going to um, have to start saying, you know, they want you to write them a limerick because that's clearly what this is going to be. But well, there's a limerick, not a poem. I don't know. Is that? Is that one of life's great questions? I don't know. I don't think it's... I, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a straightforward yes or no answer, but it's definitely definitely limerick. It's kind of a little poem, isn't it? I don't want anybody to think that this is going to be to the tune of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, or Marie Carey, or Marie <laughs> Carey, or Marie, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Um, there was a young fella called Pete, whose email to us was a treat. He wears a pair of glasses, and he knows big face lasses, and I bet he loves the TV program called Feet. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone who asks for a poem in future should get some. Like Rob should just assume that they like something as the last line of every poem, or at least at some line <laughs> of the poem. I'm sure this person likes something that rhymes with their name. I don't know what mine would be. Uh... Alan. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's not what I was talking about, but okay. Balan. Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was all right. That was all right for 30 yeah, seconds. Alan right? likes to go that out with wonderful. girls. He likes uh, mm. uh, his Balan Wonderworld or something. I don't know. Anyway, this is why I don't do him and Rob does. We also have an email from... Ryan Daniels, who says in the subject, my 2024 goal is Alan's hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Hello, Alan. Did you have a nice Christmas and New Year, Alan? We've already talked about that. Yes. Even better now. Are we meeting soon, Alan? I'd like to meet you. I could bring the girl with a face too big for her head along too, or just me and you, Alan. But my tent is just a two-man tent. You feel me? It sounds like as long as she doesn't bring her face in there, we might have room anyway. So we'll we we can we can try squeezing them in. She I can stick her head out the zip. Yeah, <laughs> I show you all the sites from. Uh, sorry, I show you all the sites from around where I live. There's a good park where people go. <laughs> <laughs> you probably can all guess what he's saying after this. Oh, there's a good park where people go to bum in the bushes after dark. <laughs> and there's a really good hill. <laughs> uh, and the rubbish tip is worth seeing. I got you, dog. <laughs> uh, I guess mum a butt plug for Christmas. The biggest one they sell is huge it was. But it doesn't... St- <laughs> this is so bad. It doesn't stay in. It just plops out. Ruined our Christmas day. Even watching Harry Potter with Brucey didn't cheer me up, Alan. <laughs> we did have some custard creams, though. What's your favourite biscuit, Alan? Well, a much-needed break in the in the email for a second there, just to recompose myself and say that I do quite enjoy custard creams. I may never think of them in the same way. Um, party rings are good. I was having a discussion with my dad. I did not realise. Oh, no, sorry, my father-in-law, who was the least likely person I've ever met to be a party rings fan. but. That was a nice surprise. Ice gems are underrated as well by my wife, who thinks they're shit. Can I talk about a long-forgotten biscuit that I, I no one yeah. seems to remember? Do you remember Go a biscuit on. called Romany biscuits? They were like, they were circular. They were chocolate with a really rich chocolate cream, and they had this kind of swirl pattern on it, almost like a sort of ornate gatepost or something. And um, the the taste of it was, it was like a non-cheap Oreo. It was like an expensive tasting or that dark kind of crumbly chocolate. And it was just spot on. This sounds outrageously good. I only think I've ever seen them once in a packet. But what you'd normally get is you get them in the Christmas box sets when they have a bit of fucking everything chucked in there. Oh, I got one of those from M&S from some rich bastard. I don't know who it was, but they were bloody glorious. Yeah, see, anyone, I want to know if anyone else remembers these, because very little, even online, there's very, very little that you can find, like, of evidence of them anywhere. So mostly found in your biscuit barrels, your family Christmas ones, but 
very very rarely sold individually and and there seems to be hardly any track of them so shagger can you get a hold of any romany biscuits in your tent that's what i want to know that'll that'll lure me in if you're interested i know alan's your target but you know if if you'll take me as a booby prize romany biscuits is your way never heard of them and um, for me it's chocolate digestives and shortbread I like those um, those like milk chocolate, like the butter biscuits that Tesco do, where it's like a layer of chocolate with some weird like ship on it, and then on the other side it's a butter biscuit. They're fucking awesome. Oh yeah, those are good. I can't remember what they're called, but me and the wife call them boats because they got a boat on them. Yeah. So I go to the shop and she's like, "Can you get me some boats?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm on it." Well, I wonder why there is a boat on there. There's got to be a reason for that. I don't know what they're called. I don't know what their actual name is. <laughs> Right, let's get back to the <laughs> let's get back to the email. Right, where do we get to? Right, I take I take biscuits. I take mum's butt plug back for a full refund, so that was good. Has you made any New Year res- revolutions? He's put. I was going to give blood, but I was thinking. I was thinking, and if my blood ends up in another man's erect dong, does that make me gay, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of that. <laughs> I think. I think coveting Alan makes you gay. I think the the, the subject of the email is slightly gay, but <laughs> if my blood ends up in another man's erect dong, yeah. Oh, dong! I thought you said dog. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. It's 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 quite tough to read this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, if we're in, in an erect dog, I, I all bets are off. But uh, in erect dick, yeah, that that will make you gay. I think. Mm, yeah. At the last gay yeah, meeting I was at, that that's that was high on the agenda, so we covered it. Yeah. You're, you mean you're in another man from the start, and then if you just, you know, if you if you rush with the rest of the blood straight to the penis to erect erectify it, erect it, whatever, then yeah. <laughs> yeah I suppose Full it depends if you're feeding him directly at the time, or yeah. whether it, <laughs> whether it was something that you did weeks before. I think that probably changes the dynamics. I'll bring it up at the next gay meeting for you, um, uh, Shagger, and we'll, I'll figure out if we can get an answer. Cool. It's a good question. Although, to be fair, can you, you can't give blood if you're gay, can you? Or if you've had sex with a man in the last year or something, is it? I think they've changed that. Oh, have they? Yeah, my wife gives blood quite a lot. I can't be arsed with it. I think they have anyway. I was reading something about it a while ago. It might have been that they're changing it or thinking of changing it. I, I think it's happened, though, but I don't know. I'll ask at the gay meeting again. Cool. Right. He's next says, I like the music of Ace of Bass. And I has Ace of Bass posters on my wall. That was a question for some reason. What is your favourite Aces of Bass song, Alan? And do you like? And does you do dancing? I think you'd be a very sexy dancer, Alan. I can confirm from uh, my wedding, I am a very sexy dancer. Um, uh, Ace of Bass. Ace of Bass. Is that all that she wants? Is that that what that one? It's got to be that. I don't know Uh, anymore. There's one. I saw the sign or something. Was that that was the. Isn't that the one when you were a kid? It was, I saw your mum, opened up her legs and gave her one. She was outstanding, did it on the landing. Classic. That sounds like something Shagger would have written. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I saw your mum, opened up her legs and gave her one. There you go. That's my favourite song. Anyone else got an Ace of Bass (laughs) song they want to? No. Top. He's he's literally asking you, Alan. Oh yeah, you're right. This is just this is. I think our, the, our I think if he all of these questions are solely aimed at you, he doesn't want to know what we think. <laughs> yeah, which is Alan. You got to, can you can you branch out next, Alan? Wait, I'm talking to myself. 
Shagger, next email. Can you, if you could, just lay some questions on the other guys as well, just just for a while. No, don't don't back out of it. We're happy to be parted to this this two way conversation. <laughs> Here is my poem for the poem competition. <laughs> Again, the competition line gets me every time because it's just him. <laughs> I hope you like it, Alan. Here I goes now. <laughs> the girl with the face too big for her head bought me some new slippers. My tent smells of her love juices a little bit like Kipper's. My mum's butt plug was too small, but a refund was no trouble. Her anus is far too big. It's like the Channel Tunnel. (laughs) Oh, the last line makes me... It's going to make me not sleep tonight. Not for any good reason. I'm going to meet Alan. I ask him every time I wrote him, I'm going to kiss his furry lips while fondling his scrotum. <laughs> Happy New Year, you bitches, Shagger. <laughs> Happy New Year, Shagger. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. As always. Oh, God. Well, I think Slatey should be very worried that he's given out his name, age, and his location, that's for sure. Because <laughs> isn't, isn't Shagger like Bradford? That's quite close, isn't it? Uh Hop over to hop yeah. over to Sheffield and meet up at the Channel Tunnel. Fifty-two minutes apart. Whoa! There you go. Well, that was as good as always. That was a joy. <clears throat> was that his best poem? I did like his Christmas one. No, the one about Anna Dex's forehead was my favourite one by Miles. Was it? Yeah, that I fucking lost it at that one. I mean, everyone knows that it's recorded and out there in the ether for everyone. Um. The, uh, the the definitely the best bit was when he said that there's a in this in this email was where he said there's a park where people go to bum in the bushes and there's a really good hill. I love that. That's so good. A really good hill. Ah, oh, outstanding. <laughs> Just incredible. Right. Is there anything else? Anyone else got anything to say? No, I'm done. What's next time? <laughs> That's normally Simon's late, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um. So if we're just jumping straight to that, then next time... Alan, what's next time? Next time is licensed <laughs> games, which we have... <laughs> no, I don't even know what that argued is. ...argued about already on this podcast. No, on the, on the, it was on the podcast yeah. where we chose it, isn't it? And we said at the time, yeah. anything yeah. that's basically not a sports game is fine. It doesn't have to be movie games. It's just a, another property that has been licensed by the developer slash publisher for the creation of a game is allowed. I'll have Spider-Man 2 again when it loses to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> now you can't have it till 2025 now. You could only have like a Sonic or a Mario if they'd licensed it to someone else to make it, I'm presuming. Oh, we're not going that far. Not like having other other developers making a licensed... Surely that's what uh, it means, though, Otherwise you get it? again. You can have Baldur's Gate 3 again, I suppose, right? If they've... Or is it published by the same people? Uh, well, actually, it's a licensed Dungeons & Dragons game. Yeah, we don't want to have like you know Mario Golf because Camelot developed it or something. That would just be silly. We're talking some out something outside of games that is not a sport that has been used to create another video game. Like, so how to be a complete bastard on the Commodore sixty four? Sure, because that's licensed from a book. Rob can have Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Yeah, Samantha Fox's Strip Porker. Fucking right. Yeah, that's spectrum. fine. Was that even licensed? Don't know. Avida's own pet. Yeah. By Tainsoft on the spectrum. 
I mean, Sam Fox. Hill. Is Sam Fox a license or just a? Does she count as a license? Just a human. Yeah. Intro. Well, then there you've got like Tiger Woods, haven't you? Is he a license? He yeah. is, I guess. Or was the PGA the Daily license? Thompson's decathlon. Yeah. Well, that's a sport one, so that would not be allowed. Not necessary for this one, but the future, we should do a license game from each generation. Because there's so much to choose from, isn't there? Not to say yeah. this this time round, but when we come back round to license games again, we could do one for eight bit, one for sixteen bit, etc. Yeah, and of course, this stops me from doing NBA Jam or anything like that, which is deeply upsetting. But here we are. Tis what it is. But yeah, get your Mickey Mouse's out, or your Quack Shots, or your Batman's, or your fucking Home Alone on the Mega Drive. No, that game sucks. Who thinks that the game doesn't suck? We already had this discussion. Just go listen to Sega Mania podcast. It's apparently not that <clears> Yeah, it's episode, first episode, I think. Because I remember Sam taking the mickey out of me for the way I say Home Alone. Oh, what, Home Alone? That's more of a whole home thing, alone. isn't it? Home Alone. Don't know. Don't know. But um, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Home Alone on the Mega Drive. I don't know why. I think it was the idea that I could find like a snowball in a bit of drain pipe or something and make some kind of like snowball launcher I, that that all appealed to us mm. but nowadays i'd rather play um like dead rising which is Two. similar in yeah. the way that you combine things together to make weapons true steve you can have micro machines too there you go you'll be happy no i nominated last year though didn't i oh yeah you did yeah what was that for Ah, uh, I can't As remember. I, I, it, I thought that. I missed the opportunity to put it in though because I was um, uh, during our tidy up. It was going to be my go-to go in, and then I I capitulated and I allowed Secret of Monkey Islands go in for Rob because I didn't want to break his little Geordie heart. Oh yeah, was it Superior Sequels you did it for? No, no, it wasn't. That was Power Stone Two that I nominated. So where the hell did he nominate it? Oh, fuck knows. Ah, it was party games. That's what it was. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which uh, this Christmas proved it. Still a fucking fantastic party game. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find a way to get that in. It needs to come back. I'll tell you what we haven't really done today. Is there uh, any honourable mentions? Oh, yeah. Let's, um... Okay. Well, we'll get back to a bit of games chat before we all go to bed. There's, I mean... I will just re- reel off like the massive stuff that came out this year, and then if people can then talk more about it if they want to afterwards. But I mean, Starfield, Starfield is now apparently mostly unliked by most people, but it was a big deal at the time. You've got obviously, as we said earlier, Tears of the Kingdom, things like Sea of Stars, Dredge from the from the indie side of it, Dave the Diver, um, other huge games. Alan Wake 2, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Lies of P, Hi-Fi Rush, Diablo 4, Resident Evil 4, as we said, Pikmin 4, Hogwarts Legacy came out in 2023, for fuck's sake. I've got that, I've got that to play as well. Jedi Survivor, there was a new Fire Emblem game, Metro Primary Remastered, as Simon said. Absolutely enormous year for games. And as I said earlier on, you know, the, the budgets, as we saw from that leak of uh, whoever it was, it's Insomniac, wasn't it? Um, Budgets for games have gone a bit fucking mental, and especially over COVID, when people have had no choice but to just hunker down and get on with it. We're seeing all of that. We saw all of that just tumble out into 2023. There's just too many games. Um, I really love the Resident Evil 4 remake. I don't know why it needed remaking, because Resident Evil 4 is almost perfect as it is. But 
the fact that they made that game as fun and fresh feeling as they did uh huge kudos to capcom they're knocking the remakes out of the park except resident evil 3 um and the dead space remake as well was also incredibly good this year um i've been playing alan wake at the moment alan wake 2 because we're doing it for the for the running was you a winner is you uh podcast our first one of the year for that it is very very good i just haven't finished it so I, I get the feeling it's going to do some incredibly weird stuff that I haven't actually seen yet. I feel I feel like I've seen it just still in like third or fourth gear. I think it's really going to kick in at some point. But that is also a very, very excellent game. There's just so many more that I want to play from this year that I haven't yet. The Robocop game as well. Yeah, so what, what's anybody else got? I just, I'll just mention a couple because you reeled off some, some bangers in there. Mm. Uh, a, nice, a nice licensed... Uh, Boomer shooter called Warhammer Forty Thousand Bolt Gun. Oh like, yeah, we I finished this. We year. did that for a winter review. That was a cool premise and initially very fun, but it did sort of drag. I think towards the end, I kind of I was ready for it to be over. Yeah, I really enjoyed it because I'm quite into the Warhammer lore as well. So yeah, I was, I was enjoying that. And a game I finished on Christmas Day evening, uh, which was. Super Mario RPG, the remake. Oh, right, um, okay. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Like, they didn't change the gameplay much from what I can tell, so it's, mm. it's an old-school kind of square-style yeah. RPG, um, which is good, but also, you know, a bit dated in places. But, but going into it knowing that, and, it, you know, the presentation is delightful, um, really cool music, what, you know, like a nice, light-hearted, comfortable RPG. So that was a good one as well for this year. I'm waiting to play um, Mario Wonder, um, mm. but the game that I'm most looking forward to, I'm waiting for it to come down in price a bit more, is the, uh, is the Robocop game. That looks fucking mint. It really does. Though I do think I have to give a shout out to a guy called um, George Kitchen, who created a fan-made game um, in the, is it Unity, the, um, the game engine? Um, yeah. Created a uh, Shenmue fan game called Dreams of, <laughs> Dreams of Saturn. Nice. And uh, I have downloaded it. I have started playing with it, but I can't quite. I'm a little trouble getting the controller to work with it, and I'm not a fan of doing it with the mouse and keyboard. But um, it's incredibly well made. Um, uh, it's uh, just it's just nice to go back to that world. And um, yeah, I think he deserves a shout out. I think I might um, try and get hold of him actually for an interview for the magazine if he's uh, Ooh, if he's available. Nice. Might be quite interesting. So I was going to do a um, a feature on like the insane level of detail that goes into Shenmue of which there's plenty of examples. But I thought, seeing as that's some Shenmue news now, we might push that a bit and um, leave that for another episode and see you get a little feature right on that going. But it looks really good. It's worth checking out. If you go to the Shenmue Dojo, you can um, you can download that for free. Um, so if you're a Shenmue fan, check it out. Bobby. Um, honourable mentions, I played Football Manager 2024. That came out this year. Mm-hmm. It's not that dissimilar to every other year before, though. Um, I've got a load of games to play that came out yeah, this year, too. but I haven't played them yet. Like, I've just finished, obviously, Spider-Man 2 today. I've got the Resident Evil 4 remake disc in my PlayStation 5 ready to go. It's cracking, So that's man. my next game. It's champion. Then I'm going to play Final Fantasy 16. Mm. Then I'm going to play Hogwarts Legacy. So Final Fantasy 16 is a game that hooked me big time with a very, very engaging demo. And then I don't know if the story went in enough good places for me to say it was an excellent game there's the side content in that game is horrendous it's just 
go somewhere and pick up like 10 leaves and bring them back or some shit. Oh, a fetch quest. Yeah. Um, and I felt, I felt like some of the better character development and plot points were kind of, they felt lifted from the game's obsession with Game of Thrones and things of that ilk that it's trying to copy. But the combat in it was fantastic. Like, you know, it's a full-on action RPG now in Final Fantasy 16. So that is one of the few games that I actually completed all the way through this year. I smashed loads of hours into that. I played Like a Dragon Ishin, but I think that was a 2022 game. But still, there's fucking... There's another game I haven't played from this year yet. The the latest Yakuza game. Just so many. Yeah, I want the Persona 5 Tactica game oh, as yeah. well. I got Armored Core 6 as well for Christmas. I've got to play that. Sonic Superstars. Yeah, just... Where does the time go? If you're a slatey over Christmas on this podcast. So, again, cheers, mate. Yeah, that's nice that we're part of his Christmas. Yeah. Thanks, slatey. I play too much Marvel Snap as well. I've got to cut that out. Right. Any more for any more? Any more honorable mentions? Any more tent chat? Just want to thank the listeners for, for listening throughout most of 2023. And yeah, all the votes. Stick around. All the votes we've had, all the listens we've had. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. All the comments, all the emails. Yeah. If you've joined us from Sega Mania or if you've joined us fresh, then yeah, whatever. We don't care how you got here. Just thanks for being here. Hope you enjoy all the shite that we chat. It's from the heart. <laughs> and on that, I guess that's it. We will see you in a couple of weeks for licensed games. Don't forget, as always, to go vote, as I said earlier, at VG underscore HOF for Baldur's Gate, Sonic Superstars, Marvel, Spider-Man 2, or Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And until then, for the licensed games one, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>